All right. So the, the purpose of these meetings, you heard, hear us say it on Sunday a lot. We believe God speaks to the body through the body. And this is our primary mechanism from hearing corporately from people. So um, I'm sharing kind of uh, thoughts that are not all the way fully formed and developed because we want to make sure people have an opportunity to weigh in um, before decisions are finally and firmly made. So we'll talk about the building, um, and that will be the bulk of what we talk about. Before we do that, uh, I do want to draw your attention to a sheet of paper on your table that has a list of names. It says a ministry leadership team, so you may or may not know um, our our church is what you would call staff-led. We have uh, volunteers who serve in multiple areas of ministry as leadership teams for those major encouragement, and it's time for those teams to turn over. Is anybody in here currently on a ministry leadership team? Raise your hand. Nobody? It, no one in here? Marcus. And that's all we have for you. They get to go first in line. You get clapped for so um, we are turning over our ministry leadership team of those areas. Uh, the pastor in each one of those areas has selected uh, two, three, four, five people, whatever uh, he or she deemed term. And so what we are looking for from y'all is to confirm that those people are indeed, uh, for lack of a better word, them being in a position of spiritual leadership in the church. You can show the next one, Kim. So... Uh, because they're actively involved. So Katie, got she chose the people who are working with um, Pathfinders because she's in Pathfinders. And so she's, uh, she approached several folks and said, hey, do you want to be on this ministry? And so now we're submitting them along with all of those other names to y'all for confirmation. It's not the way we make decisions. Our assumption this is that everybody's good. But there are things that we don't know. And so we submit, if there's someone on that list, anyone on that list, and you have an issue in their life that I have firsthand knowledge of, not firsthand knowledge of a disqualifying, sinless perfection, if somebody, somebody's a hitman, what you need to do is go to them and say, keep doing this, or you can pay. God tells me to, I'm good. And say, you have a con, take it from there. It'll be you. If it's not, take it from there. You're qualifying to the men at the team. You'll know if we, need to, if we need to get involved. All right, so the... Rest of our time, we'll talk about this potential building. What we've done the past couple of nights, what seems to have been the most effective, I'll blow through some background kind of foundational information in the next 20 minutes or so, and then we'll open it up to questions. That seems to be the most helpful way, and I'll fumble through the answers as best as I can. So we have an opportunity to um, buy this building. It's on Tower Road, uh, on the corner of Tower Road and Kennesaw Avenue. That's a couple... It's 1.8 miles, I think somebody did the Google map. Um, which way? Direction people? That way. 1.8 miles that way. Um, it's, let me give you a, just a little background about kind of how it came about. The, the purchase price you see there is $4.75 million. That's not negotiable. It's a significant discount over the replacement cost and the appraised value and all of those kinds of things. So we're not, that's the number. Uh, the guy who owns the building and owns the architecture practice, his name is Bill Chegwidden. He's a Christian. Uh, he was praying back in February, and he said, God, what should I do with this building? And he felt like the Lord put, he would not say God said. I don't think that's part of his uh, terminology. What he told us is, as I was praying, I had this thought. It could be a church. 
And he called Robin Burris, and um, Robin called me. It was uh, February 13th. I remember it was my birthday. He called me, and he said, hey, you need to meet this guy, Bill Chegwidden, and talk with him. And Robin was out of town, and I said, well, we can just do it when you get back. And he said, no, you need to do it tomorrow, and who says no to Robin? So I <laughs> met with him the next day. Uh, Whit Smith and Robin Burris have been looking for uh, property for us for the past several years, and so Whit and I went and met with Bill. We did a brief tour of his building, and we sat down with him, and he was very open. He said, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I just, I was praying about what to do with this building. This is kind of the story, and so we're sitting here, and I just uh, am curious and interested and open about what the Lord may do. If this is something that would work for y'all, I want to help make that happen. And so that's been his posture towards us from the beginning. If this is something that would be good for y'all, I want to do what I can to make that happen. So uh, we, our admin guys, we went and we walked through it. The staff walked through it. It's a functional architecture office, so it's got cubicles everywhere and desks everywhere. And I'm not great at visualizing what something could be, but it's a really nice building. And uh, he let us walk through it. It's, it seems like, yeah, this is worth exploring. And so that's what brings us here tonight. So tonight, I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm going to present. I'm trying not to persuade. If you hear me persuading, then you just filter that. All I'm trying to do is present information. Uh, I believe it's a God-given opportunity for those reasons that I just told you. We've been looking for several years. Wit and Robin know everyone in every place in the city, and this was not on anybody's radar screen. We were approached by Bill. He is a Christian, came to the idea, hit him in prayer. He's offering us a a great deal. So there's some things that make me think God is in the opportunity, but we've all walked with the Lord long enough to know sometimes you walk past an open door. And so that's what I'm trying to decide. It's a, and what we're trying to decide as a group, is this, this is a God-given opportunity, is it a God-given gift as well? Do we walk past it, the door, or do we walk through the door? So no, you're not going to be asked to make a pledge or commit to anything tonight. All we're doing is talking. I want to present information, give y'all an opportunity to ask questions, and then we're going to have a couple of weeks, two weeks from today, the next two weeks, we're not going to make any decisions. We're just going to be quiet. We're going to listen to the Lord, and we're going to receive feedback from the body. And then, we, again, we don't vote. We're just trying to listen to the general, general mood of what people are saying and what they're... So two questions. Can we move and should we move? So can we, to me, is a black and white objective question. It gets down to dollars and cents. It's just, it's money. Should we is, that's, a, that's more tender. That's heart. That's subjective. We're really looking for peace from the Lord on that. Do we have peace to move forward? So the objective question is really just, can, can we make the math work? And do we feel good about the math? Should we? How do, how do our hearts feel? Do we have peace? about this decision. So uh, can we, just to give you some background on our financial situation, currently we rent six, we have six addresses, two different landlords, we rent all our parking lots as well. So if you throw all that in together, we pay $18,700 a month in rent to those various landlords. Uh, our rent escalates $500 a month every year, our lease is up in April of 2022, and some of you may think, oh, renting 
something goes wrong, like if you rented a house, you call the landlord, something goes wrong, we call the service people. That's not how our lease works. Our landlord's responsible for roof, exterior walls, and foundation. We're responsible for everything else. And we've averaged about $7,000 in building maintenance over the past two years. And those are the only two years that we've had all of those addresses. That's why we only went back two years. Um, If we move, kind of in the can we, we don't want to assume or presume growth. That, to me, seems like a recipe for disaster. We have grown every year that we've existed, but there's no guarantees that that would continue to happen. So we want to look at our current expense structure, knowing that we're planting a church as well, and saying, can we, can we afford this based on who we currently are? Not assuming that we're going to get a bump or something like that if we were to move. So in general, we would want a mortgage payment that is in keeping with our current rent payment. We've never missed a rent payment. We've been around for um, 11 and a half years on the square. And so out of all that time, there was probably one or two months that we were in any kind of, where we got nervous about our finances at all. And the rest of the time, we've been able to pay uh, our, all of our bills comfortably, easily. We haven't had to sweat anything financially. So there's not a lot of concern among uh, the leadership to say, yeah, we can continue on with a mortgage payment that's equivalent to what we currently are paying in our rent. Monthly payment, if you bought a house, you know that. Your monthly payment's based on the terms of the loan, which we we don't know. We've talked to a couple of banks, but there's nothing been set in stone, and the amount of money that we could put down. Obviously, the more money that we put down, the cheaper the monthly payment. If you're wondering, give us a ballpark. So this is not, we don't have concrete terms from a bank. But if you use a 20-year mortgage, which is, seems to be standard for a church, and 4.25% interest rate, we would need a down payment between $1.75 million and $2 million. $1.75 looks like it might be kind of skin of our teeth. We could do it. $2 million would give us a little bit more buffer on a month-to-month basis. So that's not nothing. I mean, that's a significant amount of money. And also, owning that building would increase some annual expenses. They have grass. We don't. Somebody has to take care of the grass. They have a cleaning crew. It's 28,000 square feet. They have a cleaning crew that comes in every night. We wouldn't do that. What we Russell cleans 15 hours a week, so you couldn't make it through 28,000 square feet. It would get cleaned once every six months. So... So something would have to shift for that. Obviously, the power, you know, it's more square, it's 28,000 square feet. We have 15,000, so your utilities are going to go up. There's some um, other, he's got a sprinkler system. There's some other costs associated with owning that property. And our estimate, based on the numbers he's given us for what he spends, would be a $50,000 a year increase. And if you're wondering, can we afford that, uh, I looked for the, at least for the last five years, we've always had at least $50,000 kind of quote left over at the end of the year. We've had 50000 at least 50000 more given than was spent. So that seems to be okay. But that's also why that monthly payment number, the lower we get it, the better, because there will be some additional expenses um, that we, we would incur with owning a building. Next, should we? So this is... If you're going to get heartburn, most of you are going to get it here. 
Is this something that we should do? The kind of the God factor in, in the building, I mentioned that earlier, just how it has come to us, so I'll move past that if we move off the square. You need to discern that in your own heart, uh, but I can give you uh, maybe some context for that. Will things change if we move? Absolutely. 100%. I'm not going to pretend that they won't. The best ministry, the most fruitful ministry is incarnational. It's born out of the place where you are. And so that, like, one of the things that comes to mind when we think about moving, people say Acts 6, that awesome ministry that helps so many people. What does that look like on that corner? I don't know. I don't know if it works on that corner. The reason it's so fruitful, one of the reasons is, is because we're here on this square and there's so much traffic through here. It may work. It may not. I don't know. But things would change. One of the reasons Act 6 is fruitful is, again, because it's incarnational. That's the value, is incarnational ministry. The reason we go to Jack's and go to Cool Beans and Marietta Pizza is because after six weeks, we went around and asked our neighbors and said, what does it look like to be a good neighbor? And they said, spend money with us. And so we spend money with them because that's what, for them, that's what being a good neighbor is. If we move, we'll get to know our neighbors and we'll ask the Lord and we'll ask them, what does it look like for us to be a good neighbor? And we'll start doing those things. It doesn't mean that there's no ministry on the square. It's 1.8 miles away, not 18 miles away. So it doesn't mean that ministry on the square stops. But what I I don't want to give you um, a false impression that everything that we do now and who we are now, we just pick up and put somewhere else. That's not the way. To me, that's, that's not a relational with the Lord way of doing ministry. And ultimately, it doesn't work. It's copycat. What we need to do is incarnational ministry is being a missionary, which is what we talk about all the time. We want you to be a missionary. You're asking your neighbors, what does it look like for me to be a good neighbor to you? You incarnate Jesus in your home and in your workplace, and we want to do the same thing on that corner. And I don't know what that looks like, and so I don't want to give any false guarantees. Things would be different. I don't know what would be different, but I know the values would remain the same. It's a couple of blocks from Wellstar. Maybe, there's, maybe that becomes something. I don't know. It's close to a place called the Extension, which has, does have access to a lot of the same people who we see who come through here in the morning. Maybe that becomes something. I don't know. We would just, if we move, we'll just ask the Lord and say, what are we, what are we doing here? Our vision's the same. We want to see our community transformed by God. Much of our community is the same, but what we see when we walk out the front door is different. So what, what, what do we need to do? to be faithful to you in this particular place. Is that good? So what do we gain? So no cons, because if we wind up staying, I don't want you to see everything that's wrong with the building. So these are only pros. Pros of staying, pros of leaving. If we stay, we're a known commodity on the square. That's not nothing. We've been here for 11 and a half years. We know, how to, we know how to navigate this world. We're known here, and we know people who are here. We have connections with the, our, the business owners. We have connections with the churches down here. And that, again, that's not nothing. There's some, there, there's, we know what we're doing here on the square. We've established a reputation, for lack of a better word. Um, we don't have any debt, and we've never had debt. And we have a track record of being able to uh, really do whatever we want. We've been, we were able to pay our expenses without a whole lot of uh, sweat because of God's faithfulness and y'all's generosity. 
were able to be pretty generous with others. The Christmas Eve offering was a great example. $45,000 for books for Park Street. That's amazing. We can do those kinds of things. Again, God's faithfulness and y'all's generosity. We've renovated four times, I think, and we've always been able to pay cash for all of those things. We've never carried debt, and I would imagine if we move, unless somebody has $4.75 million laying around, that we probably would carry debt, and that would be different. Growth for growth's sake will not and is not a temptation. So when you think about being a church that wants to send or a church that wants to multiply, Highlands, they're meeting right up the street right now, and we're glad. We're happy. We don't, need, we don't have to count who's here and say, oh, if, if too many people leave, we're not going to be able to pay the bills or keep the lights on. We, we're full. We're happy when new people come, but we're full. And we're happy to be able to send people, and we don't have to hold on to anyone. The devil you know is better than the devil you don't. You, you're here for six weeks, women, you know at some point you're not going to be able to use the bathroom on Sunday morning. It's going to flood when you walk down those steps. You take your life into your own hand when you walk around that corner. We know all those things. <laughs> and we've worked around them. There's going to be issues with, the new, with another building. We just don't know what they are. We know the problems, we'll call them quirks, with where we are, and we've made adjustments. We've already made those adjustments, and kind of that's just part of, part of the deal for going to church here. And if we move, we would have to learn the quirks of a new place and what that looks like. So there, again, there's some comfort in knowing like there, there are no more skeletons behind the walls. We've ripped them all down, and we know what they are. Gain by moving. More sp- space and nicer space. I'll come back to that in a minute. The possibility of financial flexibility when a mortgage is paid off. So you pay rent forever. And so as long as we rent, we're going to write a check for $18,700 a month or whatever that number happens to be. Uh, That will always be our reality. If we had a mortgage, there's a chance that we could pay it off at some point, 10 years, 20 years, whatever whatever that time frame is. And then that would free up a significant amount of money, not the whole thing, because there's still costs associated with owning a building. But it would free up a significant portion of that rent money for ministry. And it doesn't cost anybody anything. It's not extra money that comes in. It, it, it doesn't, there's nobody getting shorted or cut. It's just money that's already coming in that can be reallocated from a facility to ministry. And so that, to me, is a positive. Um, it would remove uncertainty. There's a stability that comes with owning versus renting. Our landlords are great. We're great tenants. I don't see any reason that they would say to us at the end of our lease, y'all are gone, we don't, we don't want you anymore. But I don't know that. And we're, we're at their mercy in a lot of ways. These buildings are, are legacy properties. They're passed on from generation to generation. And when those generations change, and with one of our landlords, that probably will happen sooner rather than later. That, that's a change in who we're dealing with and a change in the relationship and maybe a change in expectation. None of that is, I'm not trying to scare anybody. It's just the reality that we, and we don't, we don't control this space. The, our landlords do, and we have a lease, and it's good, and again, we're great tenants, but we don't know. And if you think about where the number of people that we have, if you, you maybe, you know, you obviously just come to one service, and so you're in, in, in church, and maybe if it's at 815, there's 120 people there. If it's at 945, there's 200 people there. If it's at 1130, there's 140, 150 people there. You may not realize how 
many people consider Stonebridge their home church. On a typical Sunday, we have between 650 and 700 bodies come through these spaces, children, students, and adults. And if you start looking around and going, where do we transplant that group on just on a Sunday? On, on where, where do they go? There's not lots of options that are within our geographic area. You know, if, if we're able to rent someplace, you rent a school, that gives you a Sunday morning. It doesn't, there's no place for a small group to meet on a Tuesday night at that point. So it could become tricky to start thinking about, well, what, what if we did have to leave for whatever reason? Where exactly would we go? There's some instability there. Owning would uh, mitigate that. And currently, I mentioned that earlier, we carry much of the responsibilities of ownership and none of the benefits. So I've, I, I can't remember the number. It's, Brandon, you may know, it's how much the capital improvements that we put in over the, the years. It's, it's at least 500000 right? So, and we don't, we don't take any of that. That stays here. It's part of being a tenant. Um, and, and again, we're responsible for the air conditioner breaks. That's on us. We can't take it with us when we leave. So we do carry a lot of the responsibility for owning a place. We don't get any of the benefits of that. And again, that's not a criticism of our landlord at all. That's just part of being a tenant. So bigger and nicer. So this, you can't read this, and I know that. And there's a copy on your table, and you can't read that either. <laughs> it's, it's all we have. And I, the only reason I wanted you to have it, I don't want you to get um, obsessed with any of the lines. So the... What Bill, they're architects, and primarily they work with churches, so they know our world, is he asked for our blueprints, and we send him the blueprints for all of our spaces, and he said, here's how your space can fit into our space. So the green, the, sorry, the green and the red dashed lines, those are our spaces. You don't need to worry about which ones they are. That starts getting really confusing, and where they put them is not necessarily where they would use them. The visual is just, they have 28,000 square feet. We have 15,300 square feet. That's a lot. Of, it's an 83% increase from here to there. And they're just showing you, here's some of the spaces that we have where, that would help you in terms of expanding ministry. So uh, sanctuary. So this here is 2,400 square feet, and we seat 225 types. They have uh, two floors, so this is the second floor, and uh, all of the, it's a shell. None of the interior walls are load-bearing, so all of that could be moved if it needed to be, but this upstairs is already an open floor plan, excuse me, Uh, it's got a bunch of cubicles in it, and that would be the most conservatively, so we could easily shift back from three services to two services. What you see down that right wing Those are all nine of our uh, children's classrooms. So we have nine classrooms, four of them double as youth small groups rooms in the evening. But in the morning, Pathfinders uses nine classrooms in the flower shop and in uh, 166. And that's all of them with a little bit of space left over. That's not saying that's where we put the kids. It's just saying, here's how your space fits into our space. Next, please. So this is the bottom floor, first floor. And it's tons of offices, and he's put our youth space in there. He's put 164 in there. We only have two offices, so that's easy to find room for that there with a bunch of extra 
space. And again, don't worry about the lines. It's just a picture of, it's a significant upgrade in terms of the square footage, and it's way nicer. One of their buildings is 30 years old. One of their buildings is 10 years old. Neither of ours is either of those ages. And they, they're like, they did everything top shelf. They're architects. It's all, it's, it's nice. And um, we will be able to take a tour if we decide that's the route to go so you can see it. Uh, but it, it's, it is significantly nicer than what we currently have, if that's a factor in your mind one way or the other. One of the limiting factors, Kim, if you would go back to that very, that thing, it's the third slide, is parking. There's about 120 places. So um, it's the parking lot directly in front of the building and the one to the right. The property itself is four acres, and like there's no expanding. It's built out. Um, there, there, you, you can't do anything else. So what it is is what it is. And that's 120 places, and there's a little strip of grass to the far right that I think he said you could put maybe 20 more. An engineer said maybe you could restripe it and get a few more places. I don't know anything about that. Maybe so. Bottom line is it's not enough. Um, across the street is a, 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 a builder, Trayton Homes. We have a, some relationship with them, and we've reached out to them about the possibility of using their lot on Sunday. They have 80 places, and there's, um, they were open to it. We don't have anything. Nothing's committed, but they were open to the idea. That would be 200 by the, the architect math. If you have 325 seats, you need 186 parking places. So you're, you know, you're right there. Those of you who have teenagers, you can't drive three cars to church. So um, the parking, it to me, is the major... When I think about it, um, logistically, the parking is the major challenge. There's some other places around where you could park, um, but those would not be things that, we, that, that are ours and that we would control. We'd have to talk to the owners and see if everybody's... Uh, see if everybody's okay. I think that's all on that. Yeah, we go back to where we were, please. Yeah, just the other moving costs. So if we move, a couple of other costs that you need to keep in mind. One is we would be breaking our leases. Both of them run through, I think it was April 2022. And so we'd be breaking both of them. One of our landlords, it's six months uh, at $4,500 a month. So it's 30000 The other one's Third, uh, is uh, 162000 so you're talking about $200,000 to break our leases. We can sublet, and that mitigates some of that cost. Um, somebody the other night said, have you let the landlords know? We hadn't because we didn't have anything to tell them, but it sounded like a good idea. So we uh, called one today, and we left a message with the other waiting on him to call us back just to give them a heads up. And who know, I don't know if they work with us. If they don't, we, we don't know. So worst-case scenario is that number. If we can't get anybody to sublease, if they hold us to it, I, my thinking would be what they care about is keeping the revenue from the places. And so as long as the revenue is replaced, they're not going to um, cause us to pay that. But I, I don't know. So that's uh, to me, is the worst case number. And then a potential renovation in the new space. My thinking, and I think it's the thinking of the admin team, would be to do as little as possible. Live in it, see what happens, and not spend a whole bunch of money particularly on the front end when we've never even tried to do a Sunday there. We have, um, depending on how much money the admin team is comfortable leaving as a buffer in our account, a minimum right now of $275,000 and a maximum of $390,000. 
that I would think that would be the money that we would use if we have to break leases and if we need to renovate. That would be our thinking around that and just see how that works out. And for me, the criteria for a building is that it's safe, functional, and welcoming. If there's something about it that's not safe, particularly for the kids, we would need to fix that before day one. Um, In our tour, I don't know that anything jumped out. In terms of safety, Katie's here. If y'all have questions about the Pathfinder area, she may be able to speak to those. Functional, those numbers we don't have. We don't have what, a, what would need to be renovated in order to move in. Again, our desire would be to keep that as, um, as low as possible and to be able to fund it out of money that y'all have already uh, given um, previously. So I'm going to stop and say questions. And ask anything. Yep. So this is the wrong spreadsheet. I have the number. We have what he pays right now. It's about. Kim, will you look it up? It's about $12,000 is what he pays a year right now, I think. So we have, our insurance works a little bit different. We have this big liability deal, and it's a, they said we have to have a $300 minimum, or $3 million, $3 million umbrella policy that covers all of the spaces. I don't, Kim, do you know what we pay right now? She'll look it up. We'll get back to you on that. It's a good question. I would, I'm assuming it's more to move. Who else? Jeff? So we've got three years left on the leases. About 18, 18, 5, something like that. Our multiplication is quick. What's that, about $10 million? And we can get out at $200,000? Okay. I didn't do the math. But we can get out. Yes, we could. That's enough to move. Yes. It, in our, so... I'm not recording. So our, our lease, there's a bit of ambiguity. It says 90 days notice and one year rent. It doesn't specify. Is it our first year's rent, which was $11,000? Is it year 10 rent, which is fourteen five? So we just went with what our rent is right now. That's, that's what that number is. It's our current rent because the lease doesn't specify which year we're supposed to, we would be penalized for Susan? Um, as to the parking and potential traffic, maybe some people could answer who maybe live in that area. I've never been there on a Sunday, but I know that large world changers church is yep. somewhat next door kind of. Exactly next door. Does anybody know what their traffic is? I mean, are they not using any of that other building's parking spaces and stuff? Yeah, they may. So they have one service. I think it's at 10. And I believe they have a police officer that helps direct traffic. Mary Margaret just drove by there a couple of times on a Sunday morning just to see, and she said, it's a well-oiled machine, and it's, one, it's completely full. So, yes, we could not, I mean, if, they're, if they were using, they're not using, they may be using, they may be using the CDH business, obviously that would not be the case if we were there. Um, we a member of our team has talked to Trayton, and we would have a, if, if we were to do that, we would enter into a formal agreement with them that would allow us to control that lot 
on Sundays if that was something that they were willing to do. So uh, we, would, we would control both of those. Other questions? Those are good. Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't have it. So that's, that would, that's really kind of the big fleece for me is, to me, that's a miracle. If we can raise $1.75 to $2 million, that would, we're not doing it. It wouldn't be like a three-year pledge deal. We would need it uh, sooner than that, and we just ask, and then we'd see what we get. So that's a great question. Um, I have a different answer today than I had on Monday. There was some good input since Monday. Uh, he's super flexible. Robin, feel free if I'm not stating this correctly. Um, he's, he's very flexible. Again, I think his desire would be for us to, to move in. He's not, it's not on the open market. He's not talking to anyone else. I, I think his desire would be for us to, to take it. And so there's, um, he's willing to work with us. He would need to relocate his, his... He's not going out of business. They're doing well. They just don't need all that space. So they would be relocating. So he would need some time to move those people. Originally, we were talking, you know, is it, is it four or five, six months? Maybe some people said there might be some wisdom in seeing from our end if we could extend all the way through the end of December because December is typically a time when people, uh, we have some people that's the only time they give is the end of the year and it may be easier to collect that down payment at that point. So I don't have a great answer, but I would, based on our conversations as an admin team this morning, it sounded like the far end would be December, maybe a little bit sooner. We just have to work that out with, with Bill. Um, can I get a better understanding of the, this is rather should we yeah. category, <clears throat> team of people who've been looking for land for yeah. Yep. Do we know that it's coming? There's going to be a time when you would have to, or what's been their general motivation for? Okay, I'm supposed to be repeating the questions for everybody. Sorry. So he's asking, what is the, what has been the motivation for the past several years to be looking for space? Why have we been doing that? Um, a couple of things. One, because we do rent, we just don't know at some point is are, are we going to have to move because our landlords say you have to move. So that's one. The second is that stewardship piece, because our rent number is so high, it seems like we could get a mortgage for a comparable amount. We'll see if that it does indeed prove to be the case, where then we wouldn't have to pay rent forever. And then also, there's just the, the growth piece. We've grown every year that we've been here, and at this point, the only way for us to accommodate people is by adding more services. So we've, we're at three. That you know, obviously the next number is four, and then the next number is y'all gotta y'all have to find another pastor. I'm out. So that's some of it, honestly, for us. And we don't we don't market, we don't do any of those things. People just come for whatever reason. We don't know, but they come, and and we're and and we're thankful for that. And we want to we want to shepherd the people well who are here. Katie, you want to speak at all about what life is like up the street in terms of size? This speaks to that as well, Jack. And just one, just yep. To that, so it seems like it's possible yeah. that should we and the reasons for staying, mm-hmm. we were going to have to probably hire a 
I believe, I believe so. So my, yes, I think that's probably the case, is that we were going to have to do something eventually anyway. Uh, I want you to speak, if you would, about Pathfinders. Doug, your question, he paid insurance, liability, and building was $10,148 is what he paid last year. And Kim will try to find what we paid, and she'll let you know. Brandon knows. Oh, you have a question? Oh, all right, Katie, then Brandon. Let me see. You're good. Thanks, Kim. Um, so we are... You're good. Maybe come back this way. This Get way. under... Yeah, so you're not in front of the speaker. Yeah. Okay. I'll just come up here. So we are um, pretty crowded up the street in Pathfinders, and um, with the new space, the things that we've looked at, we are excited about a few things ministry-wise that I think that would allow us to do with kids. Um, off the top of my head, there's a couple things. Um, like right now, we often cut out like games or activities that are going to enforce the scripture and um, the lesson that's being taught that morning because we just don't have the space. Like we don't have space for kids to run around. Um, there's space in our small group room for the third through fifth grade boys for them to sit around a table and have discussion. Um, and that's good, and we want them doing that, but it's also beneficial and helpful um, to let them run around a little bit and do something active um, to get that energy out. And we want it to be a fun time for them, too. But we do, there are things we cut, um, that's probably for every age level. We are able to use 164 sometimes when we want them to do a big activity um, together or a game that requires movement and motion. Um, but that's one space and one group can use it. And we have four um, elementary small group areas. Um, so that's one thing. We also have talked um, some and dreamed a little bit and prayed about um, splitting up the kids in different ways. Like we've talked about possibly like, would it be better to have our kindergartners with our elementary kids? Cause they're not right now. Um, and we, we thought about like, we prayed about it, we talked about it. And then when we looked at the numbers, we're, there's no way. Um, you can't fit anybody else over on the elementary side. Um, so um, we've talked about moving preteens out. We would love, right now we're teaching large group to first grade girls and fifth grade boys in the same room. Um, and we would love to pull fourth and fifth graders out and give them a preteen um, experience, a lesson that's geared towards them, life application that's geared towards them. Um, they're living totally different lives of faith and, and walks with Jesus than a first grader. Um, but again, there's just not space to do that. And so if we had space to have um, different teachings going on at different times geared towards kids, we feel like that would be helpful. Um, there's a place that he said we could have a playground here, which sounds great um, for kids to be able to go outside sometimes and get fresh air and sunshine. Um, so I think there's those pros for us um, are what I think about. Perfect. Thanks. Right. I'm going to answer that at the end. So there's this, people ask me how I feel. That's what people are wanting to know. And um, so this to me is kind of a how do I feel, and I'll say that at the end, not because it's a grand reveal, but because I'm trying to, I'm trying to present and not persuade. And so, but at the end, I will tell you, and I'll, I'll hit that. Yep.
Are you an engineer? Are you? Okay. That sounds like an engineer question. I'm going to let an engineer talk about it. Brandon walked through the space with us. Do you feel like you can address that at all? I can't. He would agree with you. You, will you point at that, Kim? Um, but we did talk about um, that there is another, there you go, there is another entrance to the back um, that we, you know, but I so agree. I mean, that was one. Yeah, so that's, that is an elevator. I didn't say that. I guess the X is an elevator and there's stairs and it is kind of a, it is, it is tight. Right. Yeah. Our, our ho- the, ho- the, the hallways are not three feet <laughs> wide. Mm-hmm. Was there? Was there someone? All right. Tom, Susan, Daniel. Yes, please. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right. Good. Have you seen one? He's asking about an appraisal. The county has it at five right now. That's what the county appraisal is. Some um, a couple of guys were here on Monday. They were kind of in that world. They said the land would probably be two to three hundred an acre there. So that's say two fifty. So that's a million for the land, and the cost of the building is two hundred a square foot. Yeah, and that he's leaving the price there regardless of the appraisal. So that's a yeah. Yeah, that's th- that's good. Tom's a CPA. We have engineer and CPA giving us their expertise. And you're no, you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> as, as far as projected expenses, roof, what do we know about the roof? And also, does a commercial sale, I assume, works like when you sell your house, that then we have a building 
So we, it would be similar to buying a house where we would have a, a period where we, could ins- where we would inspect everything. So we haven't done any of that at this point. Um, it would be premature, but if we were to say, hey, we want to do this, it would just be like when you're buying your house and you have that due diligence period. That's correct? Yep. But I saw when you said one of the buildings is 30 years mm-hmm. old, just like, it's like a house where that's about the lease. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know the answer to that. There's someone here, Daniel? So this is a little nebulous, but is there any research or personal anecdotal research about going from three services to two services and what that might mean for church, fostering church culture, or how do you feel? Yeah, so that's good. So one of my, he's asking, basically, I, I, I think you're asking, if we put more people in the room, how does that affect what we're doing on Sunday morning? Is that, is that advantageous to have two services versus what we're doing three services? So one of the things that makes us us is the size of the room, and that's always been a concern for me. I don't know what the tipping point is where uh, it, it begins to feel more anonymous, like, so if you're thinking, what does that mean? Like, when do, we, when do we stop doing birthdays? And some of you may be thinking that's, that's the number we want to get to pretty quick. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's this. I don't think it's 325. I have a feeling it's closer to maybe 450 or 500. I don't know that. Um, Eugene Peterson, he's a, he wrote the message. He's written a lot of books He's a pastor, has written a lot of books to pastors, and he talks about that 500 number as something that he throws around for young pastors coming through and kind of saying, if you can, so if you can kind of hold there. So I think about that in terms of a, a, a room. So I think 325 is, is, is okay. I don't think it would, um, I think the advantages of having two services over three outweigh what we may lose if we put an extra 100 people in the room. Did I answer your question? Okay. Next. Yep. Yes. I would say let's not talk about the floor plan because, yeah, let's not do that yet. Okay. Go ahead. Um, though, the pitch of the roof makes it look like there's no second floor uh, unless there's an individual in the first floor. I, have, I don't know the answer to that question. Where are their windows? So it looks like there are windows on the back. I don't know about the front. Yeah, I think he was saying, asking if there were windows on the front side. Not on the first floor? Okay. So it looks like no, no would be the answer to that on the front side. Who else? Yep. On the uh, should we side, yep. a uh, big part of our culture has been being called to this square. We feel um, there is an authority spoken in that realm as far as no longer being called to the square. I know it's not, I know it's not far away, but it's right. not. Yep, so, I'll, I'll, so in 2012, we looked at what's now the Marietta Daily Journal building and what's now that Kennesaw State incubator back there. We obviously didn't uh, take either of those. They didn't look nearly that good um, when we were looking at them. And I wrote this in my journal on July 25th of 2012. I think it speaks to that, Adam. 
The idea of needing to focus on blessing the community speaks to the facility question for me. Since we're in the stage where we need to be intentionally engaging the community, moving off the square even a little bit seems counterproductive. Once we've reached a sufficient level of maturity on this vision component, then moving off the square may be fine or even desirable as planting becomes more of our focus than another type of facility may be better suited to that end. In my mind, the trigger to consider moving off the square is not our size, but our maturity. Once we as a church understand and are doing our deal in Marietta, then we can move off the square. The community will be in our hearts, so it won't matter as much if it's in our face. But the danger in doing so now, so that's in 2012, is that we could become facility-focused and lose sight of the community. So the question for me is, do we feel that we've reached that level of maturity that's subjective? I, I think so. Um, I haven't, I don't have heartburn about moving off the square, and I have the other times that we've talked. Relationship with Park Street is more firmly established than it was seven years ago. Um, I, if we move and we want to continue that, us moving would not at all undermine that relationship uh, if that was something that we wanted to continue. Um, seven years ago, I didn't have relationships with very many of the pastors around here. Um, I do with Roswell Street, Zion, First Methodist, First Baptist, First Pres, City Church, and Redeemer. All of those guys, like, we, we get together. And there's actually now a monthly mayor's prayer breakfast that um, local pastors attend. So there are those kind of three objective marks that say to me, location's important for sure, but I believe that we've reached a level. And a lot of those things are obviously personal to me, but, you know, it's kind of the the leader in the church, I think that's representative of where we are as a people, that, yeah, I think it's in our heart enough that if we move, we won't, we won't lose that um, piece of ministering to the city. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Who else? Amy? Yep, so she asked if Highlands, David Scott's church, would be interested in the space, and this, he said it was okay to say this. They would very much be interested in some of the space provided they could afford it and the landlord was open to that. So they would, yes, is the answer to that. So I'll, I'll defer to him on that. I, I mean, he said, sure, but I mean, he... We, I would want to give him space to figure all that out. I would not want to hold him to, I wouldn't want to hold him to that at this point. Who else? Annie? How would you like me to answer that? So, 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 um, it's, it's, uh, it's, Pretty shallow. Ankle deep. So, um, if you'll, is there a picture that shows where that there is a door, Annie? There is a door that leads to the outside the back. I thought, and they were. Um, Katie was mentioning a playground, and they would. If there was a playground, it would be fenced in, so that the the kid the playground would be fenced in. So there's a deck, and it's a, it's a large deck, and there's obviously doors there as well. Um, that area was not necessarily where we were thinking the children would be. 
It's a good question. Mark? <laughs> we, uh, a couple of months ago, we had a meeting, and he brings breakfast to the meeting, and he saw a blueprint, and he called her and said, are you guys moving? You got to let us know. So we told him we would let him know if we, if we did. They do have a big kitchen, bigger than ours. And it, 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 you're right. There's nobody cooking in it, though, but it's a kitchen. What else? Brian? I don't, I don't believe so. I think what I was told was the only way to expand would be to, create a, would be to build a parking deck, and that seems like that'd be a pretty big deal. So I think the assumption that we would need to go in with is this is what we have, and if at some point we needed something else, we'd have to move, but we would have an asset so we could sell it instead of having to start from scratch. Basically the same. Okay. So as a church, we don't have to pay property tax. Okay, mm-hmm. So the city will be thrilled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Carolyn. Are you volunteering? Um, I would say we say do your deal. And so if that's your thing and it works, then come on. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, it's a ton of square footage. It's a, it's a lot of rooms. So I, you're, the, you're actually the second person to ask that question. So um, I, I don't know. I mean, if that was, a, if that was a, a thing and it made sense, I don't have any philosophical issues with, with that at all. We love the kids. Who else? Susan? It's not a question. Okay. Good. We'll have more for you than a clap or getting first in line for saying that. <laughs> Collect your prize on the way out. So I would say just this in general, and this is not, people have asked kind of how hard is it to be here. Y'all are here all the time, and we're not, we don't talk about that. We're not going to talk about that because it's fine. Our philosophy is the same as yours. Like, we play the hand that we're dealt. This has been great space for us, and if we stay, it'll be great space for us, and We'll do the best we can with what we have. And there, nobody's, we're not griping. Um, there are some things that are difficult, but there'll be things that are difficult. It's the same thing that, that y'all deal with in your reality. Um, 
wherever you work and your house and all of those things as well. So I appreciate you sh- sharing that. Um, and I'll stop there. Yeah, Danny? One more question, Mm-hmm. So one of you guys tell me if I'm wrong. I think it's the street in the street. Is that correct? And then on the back side, who knows? Where? Right down the middle of those trees on the back side. And then on the right side, is it just on the other side of that grass strip? No, farther, Kim. The next, yeah, right over there. You can try to trace it. There may be a, you can try that other picture. I think it may be worse. That's worse, isn't it? Yeah, maybe make that go away. Look, that looks a whole lot better. It's, yeah, four and a half acres. I think in that picture that showed the stream, was that about the property line where that stream was? And then you could, if you'll go to that picture, you can see it's not, it's not incredibly far back from, um, from the building. Yes. It's on the other side of the... There would not be, no. Steve? <laughs> no. No, no zoning issues, I've been told. I've asked three times, just to make sure. Not thinking that way. That's a good question. If we decide to do it, then I think I would, we would maybe move into that a little bit, but I'm trying not to. He asked it, what are we, is there some ministry possibilities that would be exciting? And I'm trying not to, I want to make, I want to make sure it's right. So I don't want to move too far or too fast ahead. Drew, I think you had a question. Yeah, so I think the church has some reserves, right? We do? um, Yeah, so our metric is days cash on hand. That's what the guys look at. And so um, we have a total of, I think it's 680 in the bank right now. And um, over 90 days, so if that was our threshold, we would have $390,000 to $5,000 that we could spend. Correct, because that reserve money, I think we would want to save if we have to break a lease or if there's any improvements we need to make. That was going to be my question. You're going to have to have moving costs, improvements, breaking the lease. Is that figured in the 1.75? It is not. We're hoping to be able to fund that out of our current reserves. And you'd have until December to come up with 1.75? That was... um, that was a time frame that's been tossed around. It had, nothing is firm there on the time frame. I would see that maybe as the, the, uh, uh, the more distant horizon, like maybe that would be the, the longest time that we would extend. I mean, he's got to figure out, at some point we have to commit to him, and he's got to figure out what he's going to do, and he's going to need some money to do that, I would think. So um, it's, I, don't, I feel like I may be getting speculative here. It's not a three-year Here's a thermometer, and I'm wearing a cheerleading uniform trying to get y'all to give money. It would be, it would be, 
it would be sooner than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How much? <laughs> Who else? Yes, Brian. Let's say we stay. And is there a sense of vision or goals that you have for the square in the next three to five years that you go, oh, this is what we're hoping to do, you know, by staying yep. within Beeman's former square? So that's a good question. He's saying if we stay, it's very similar to Adam's question. Adam's saying if we go, what's, what's, what's the vision there in terms of ministry? Brian's saying if we stay, what's the vision in terms of ministry? I can't answer three to five years. The two words that I felt like for this year, which is what we were going to talk about tonight until all the um, building came up, uh, last year I felt like the word for us was to focus on multiplication. We expanded our internship program. Highlands has got up and running. This year, the two words I felt like under that same umbrella, focus on multiplication, were launch Highlands well and to mature as ascending church. So it, those to me are not necessarily location specific. So if we stayed here, I would say those are still the controlling words for the rest of the year. If we move, those would also be the controlling words. Um, Nothing that's necessarily about the square as the square, if that makes sense. Joe. Uh, I don't know. If we have a bottleneck, is it a problem with the fire department? Uh, we, there's, um, so I don't, I don't want to speak about, I don't know. So one of the things that honestly where would probably be good is that the fire people don't come here on Sunday. They may have some problems with what we currently do. So uh, I don't know what it would be like there other than Bill, like this is what he does. He's an architect and he works with churches and he has not indicated that there would be any code issues or zoning issues with us being in the space. And I, that's, okay. Jason, yeah, and we, we talked to him about, I didn't ask him about the fire thing. Robin asked him about the fire part, and he said it, there were no issues. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. good to know. We're not afraid to die anyway. We're Christians. <laughs> What's next? Who else has a question or a comment before I tell you how I feel? I know you're waiting with bated breath for that answer. He's already up. He's done. It's like almost eight o'clock. All right, so we'll wrap up with this. I'll be here if you have questions. And again, we're not making a decision tonight. We're just talking, and Brandon, you can see if this hits what you were asking. So the other places that we've looked, we've looked, we looked at the, used to be Anderson Chevrolet next door to Roswell Street. It's now, I think, a U-Haul place. We looked at what's now the Marietta Market. We looked at what's still an empty box on Whitlock next to Dave Poe's, um, and that's changed hands, and they're not interested in a church at all. We tried to do some creative things with government buildings. We looked at these buildings back here. We've looked a lot of places. 
Um, I've never necessarily had very much peace about any of them. Um, wasn't too sad that any of those things did not work out. I do have peace about this, and I don't have heartburn about leaving the square. So both of those things are what makes this different for me. Um, prior, and we weren't looking, so I want to be clear. We weren't looking for a building, and I'm not saying God said, has said move, but kind of in my own heart, those two things have been the most significant differences. Up prior to now, thinking of moving off the square made me really nervous, and there was no place that I was kind of thinking, man, this may be it. I hope it works out. Um, among our staff, everyone is, I would say, neutral to positive. Our admin team is all positive. So there's, there's peace among um, the leaders who've been thinking about this and talking about it for the past six weeks. Brandon asked me a couple of weeks ago, and he said, if you could have anything that you wanted, what, what would you ask for? And I said, I would love a building that we controlled and parking that we controlled free and clear. Like, that would be great if it was ours and we, didn't ha- and it was, and we weren't paying on it. Um, that, that's not going to happen if we rent. It could happen if we own. And so that, to me, that's a, that's a thing. There's a, there's a part of me that's always in the back of my mind because we, and that's not a reason to make a decision, but you're asking if it's how I feel, that's how I feel. Like I, there's a sense of um, responsibility for where are we going to be um, that gets taken care of if we own a place versus if we lease a place. And that's, again, that's not a reason to make a $4.75 million decision, but for me, there's, um, there's a draw to being able to do something like that. So I would say I feel really good about taking another step. And I also have the comfort of knowing that in my mind, it's a miracle to raise that much money in that period of time. And so the Lord would have to be in it. The Lord would have to stir a sufficient number of people to give at a sufficient level to create a pot of money in whatever, eight or nine or seven months, what six months, whatever that is, for 1.75, let's call it 2 million. That's probably a better number to be throwing around anyway. 1.75 to $2 million. If that were to happen, then this to me would go from being a God-given opportunity to a God-given gift. When I say gift, I don't mean it's free. We got this space, and I would say it was a gift from the Lord. Somebody who does not go to our church was prayer walking, and she walked down here and saw a for rent sign. It's when Judith's clothing shop was down here, and she walked in and said, is this place for rent? And Judith said yes and handed her a business card for the owners. And this woman actually called the owner before she even talked to us. And the owner goes to Roswell Street Baptist Church. And it was, had just been Lottie Moon Sunday. And they talk about missions on Lottie Moon Sunday. And she said, oh, this sounds like a mission, a new church with 30 people. And so she was super gracious to us moving in. And that, this to me, could, it could be a similar story. A guy was praying, and he thought, hey, this building could be a church, and he called Robin, and Robin called me, and he was super open and flexible and gave us a good deal, and we were able to raise a ton of money in a very short amount of time, and so I see it as a gift. So that, to me, I have peace to move forward the next step, not railroading that for you. I just have peace to do that, and again, I have this huge, we have this huge fleece in my mind, God Here's one, $1.75 to $2 million that we concretely need if we want to move forward. My fear, if you want to know that, is that anyone is going to feel dismissed, 
ignored or um, pushed. That's not what I, that's why we're doing this this way. It's a little bit messy because I can't answer all the questions and there's still a lot of unknown details, but I didn't want as leadership for us to get so far out in front that by the time we're telling everybody, y'all are going, you've already decided, why are you even talking to us? And so we wanted on the front end to create space for everybody to be able to share. Change for some people is exciting and change for other people is a loss. If we move, there'll be people like somebody cried the other day just thinking about it. And it's, and it's, it's okay. You know, people have different associations with this space and with this building and being right here on the square. And if we were to move, that could be difficult. And I don't want those people to feel like they don't love Jesus or they don't love Stonebridge if that's a hard thing. And so we want to make sure over the next couple of weeks that everyone feels heard. Again, we don't vote. Everybody's not going to get necessarily what they want, but we want everybody to feel heard and we want everybody to feel validated in um, your perspective. And so we want feedback. All of it. Just email Kim. Seriously. If you don't tell me because I won't remember. So you email her. We want a record because we want to make sure our admin team gets to see it. It doesn't just go to me. We're letting all that. And we don't. If you tell me and I forget to tell them, then it looks like I'm holding back. And I don't want to do that. So if it's in an email, it goes to her. She distributes it to our admin team and they can see it. If there's for some reason you don't want them to see it, then you need to let her know. And I'll be the only one who does. But we would like those. I mean, those are, that's our decision-making body. And we want them to be able to hear from us corporately. So send what you've got over the next couple of weeks. If you're, if you're sensing something from the Lord, let us know. If it's personally, if it's exciting for you, let us know. If you're thinking, golly, that really makes me nervous, let us know. And we're going to sift all of that. Again, we believe God speaks to the body through the body. And so we, we want to have ears to hear as a leadership group. And we want to trust and, and honestly expect y'all uh, to share. So my fear is that somebody's going to get hurt because we didn't do a good job listening. And so that's what this time is for. My hope, my feeling is that it's okay. Like I feel like the Lord has given us this opportunity, and I think it's okay um, to take a step. So that's kind of that's both sides of that coin. Um, next steps, a couple of weeks, we're just going to listen. Uh, I think we're going to try to say, I was thinking that we would do, maybe if we did the tours, we would do it after those two weeks and nobody would feel like, oh, you're trying to sell us, but we've gotten some feedback from some people who said it would be helpful for them if they could get in there earlier to do so. So um, I'm supposed to talk to Bill tomorrow, so I'll see what his openness is to that, and we'll just communicate to that to y'all through the newsletter um, and the announcements, the, and we'll get that word out. So if anybody wants to take a tour, we'll put those, um, we'll put those uh, that that date out there. And if it feels good after a couple of weeks, we're not hearing anything different from the Lord. There's no major red flags for Him. Then we'll figure out what does it look. What's the next phase for us look like? We'll have to work out the details, all the things I'm saying. I don't know to tonight. We'll we'll need to know. And so we'll have to talk to some banks and get some things firmed up and figure out exactly what those nebulous expenses are to figure out how much money we need to raise and what we can afford on a monthly basis and how we would move. So all of those details uh, we'll start working on and after we discern, God, is this actually what you want us to do? And everybody will be kept in the loop 
on that um, as much as we can do. Is that good? Wonderful. All right, I'm going to say a prayer, and then you guys are uh, free to go. And if you have any other questions, um, you, can, you can grab me afterwards. God, I'm thankful that you're smart enough and strong enough and good enough to work out situations like this for the good of every single person involved. Whether it's to stay or whether it's to go, you can work for the good of Bill and his uh, company. You can work for the good of Stonebridge. You can work for the good of Highlands. You can work for the good of our landlords. You can work for the good of the square, uh, a potential tenant who would come in if we leave. You can work all of that stuff together so that everybody can say, man, this was the best thing. And you're the only one who can do that. And that gives me a lot of confidence. Uh, We don't have to try to figure all that stuff out. If we can stay aligned with you, God, I'm thankful that that, that's our responsibility. And so that's what we want to do. We want to keep in step with your spirit. So I pray as a body that you would speak to us. We're, 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 we've got ears to hear. I pray for our leadership team that you would give them grace to discern what it is that you're saying to us over the course of these next couple of weeks. If your desire for us, if it's the best thing for us to stay, I pray that you would settle us here. Uh, there'd be um, even a deepening love and commitment to this place. If you're calling us to move, then I pray there'd be a a sense in each one of us that it's, it's good and it's right and that um, uh, ministry on the square is not going to fall apart because we're not physically here any longer, that you have good things in store for this place and us moving is a part of that, uh, those good things uh, coming to pass. So God, we're, just, we're looking and listening and anticipating you uh, bringing a real sense of unity among us as brothers and sisters. So would you do that? Would you bless every man and woman in this room tonight as they go? I pray that their hearts would be full of peace uh, as we move forward into whatever the future looks like for us as a people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank y'all.